It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 229, entitled There's No Clever Name This Week. It was recorded on Monday the 7th of November 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I am joined this week by three very nice WordPressers. First up, we've got Mark Westgard. I'm also joined by Steve Burge and Jonathan Derosier as well. We're going to be talking, as we always do, about WordPress. And the big item this week is all of the goodness that comes in WordPress 6.1. Jonathan was the lead for the 6.1 release, so it's the perfect episode for him. We talk about all of the bits and pieces that have landed, what we like, what we don't like, and what has been delayed. We get onto the subject of the WordPress.org plugin repo and an episode that I recorded of the Tavern podcast with Matt Cromwell about whether or not the repo is still a good place to put your free plugin if you have got a paid upgrade plugin as well. We show off on the screen a new plugin, WP Cody, which uses AI to generate WordPress code for you. You type in in plain English and it gives you the code back in return. It's pretty remarkable, but it's still in alpha. Then we get into a quite a long conversation about the impact that we have as WordPress developers and just consumers of the internet on the environment. We also show you WP Rankings, which is a new service which shows you how plugins are doing over time. And then we share some bits and pieces at the end to do with Pokemon. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Hello, hello, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good good, good welcome. <laughs> That's a new <laughs> phrase, good welcome. Uh, hope, hope you're all right. Very nice to see you again. It's Monday. It's this week in WordPress. We The show where every week we have two, usually three, uh, panelists on talking about WordPress goodness. We've, uh, we've got a show for you today, largely dominated, I imagine, by two stories. Going to be a lot of WordPress 6.1, I think, and then... There's this lovely CSS bit at the end, which it might dominate, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. But I'm joined by three guests today. Uh, first stop, returning, uh, one of the co-hosts. Oh, he's just gone. No, he's back. Uh, is, is Mark Westgard. How are you doing, Mark? Doing good. How are you doing, Nathan? Yeah, really good. Mark is the founder at WS Form, as you can see on his little moniker there. Uh, this is, of course, a WordPress form plugin that allows you to create complex forms in a no-code environment. You can check it out by going to wsform.com, and you can learn more. It's um, it's a pretty decent plugin, I'd say, and you've got a deal coming up, which we'll talk about or at least see in a moment. But Thank you for joining us. Mark's one of the co-hosts, so he's back very regularly, but we're joined by two other people who've not been on before. So, you know, let's uh, let's let's see how they do over the next 90 minutes or so. First of all, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, it occurs to me that I'm not 100% going to get your surname right, but I'm going to give it a try because we <laughs> didn't say it before the show. Is it Desrosiers? 
Uh, close. I, I say de Rosiers. Uh, okay. But it's really French. So it's, if you want to be fancy, it's something like de Rosier. De but, Rosier. Uh, I don't force people to do that. <laughs> Jonathan de Rosier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm not going to do that again either. Jonathan is uh, a fully full time sponsored WordPress contrib- contributor over at Bluehost. He's a WordPress core committer and like as if you could make it up and considering everything that's been happening this week he was the wordpress 6.1 release coordinator so definitely a points person uh, talking about all of the bits and pieces that have been going on today anyway it's an absolute pleasure to have you here thanks for joining us and finally yeah thank you and finally we have a uh, first timer as well steve burge i met steve for the first time in WordCamp US not that long ago, and uh, we got him on the show. Steve, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Good, 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 good. We're dominated. Ah, look, it's like, th- <gasps> this is the first time it's been like <laughs> 75% British. This is, uh, yeah, although... The, uh, you know, Mark and Steve have both fled Britain. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know if we can say that you're fully British anymore. But uh, Steve is interested in writing and publishing. Uh, his team develops plugins for publishers. And although he hasn't written it in his biography, they uh, produce the very cool uh, Publish Press plugin. What's the URL for that, Steve? Is it just publishpress.com? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, Somebody says that the, the, what are we seeing here? We've got a few bits and pieces saying that the, oh, the comments are disabled on the live stream. Yeah, I'll fix that in just a moment. Sorry, that's my fault. Uh, There's a little bit of housekeeping that I have to do typically before a podcast episode starts. Mostly it's automatic and it sorts itself out. And it just occurred to me that I forgot to uh, go and fix it. So in a moment when somebody else starts talking, uh, I'll go and update it, and I'll get everybody to refresh the page, and you can just start watching the video again. So, uh, yeah, that's my fault, totally my fault, and I'm so sorry about that. Okay, firstly, if you are watching the show and you can't comment, then you, I've got another job for you instead, and that is to mm-hmm. go and share it. Uh, go and share it to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Let people know that you're coming. But also, in the tweet, say, don't come for like three minutes because that it'll be at least that long <laughs> before I manage to <laughs> go and live fix the uh, fix the comments. Another way, though, if you are in the Facebook group that we've got, you can go and comment over there, and the, the the chat should pick it up. Whether you're on Facebook or YouTube comments, you do need to be a member of the group. And also, if you're over there, Facebook don't give us your avatar or username unless you go through the little step of going to the top in the post and clicking on the the link in there. It's chat.restream.io forward slash FB, chat.restream.io forward slash FB. And um, yeah, and then you should be able to get in. Let's see if anybody has got in. Yeah, some people have. Oh, yeah. So here's a a way to get around that problem. If you're on wpbuilds.com forward slash live, just click on the YouTube video and just go over to YouTube. Because all I do is I just basically embed the comments from YouTube. So just go over there. Uh, I'll still fix it anyway, but if you really do want to comment, that would be lovely. Um, that would be great. So let's see who we've got in the chat this morning. We've got Rob Cairns. Good morning, Rob, from uh, Canada. Hello, Rob. Very nice to have you. Uh, and he's saying hello to all three of you guys as well. That's nice. We've also got Elliot Sowersby. How are you doing, Elliot? Nice to have you. Good morning, says Peter Ingersoll from Barmy, Connecticut, US. I'm thinking it's not that warm over there. certainly isn't here at the moment. And we've got a Facebook user. So this is the problem that we face. I don't know who you are unless you go through the process of clicking on that link. And 
Trish Murphy. Good morning from Kentucky. Yeah, oh, nice. Okay, let's get stuck into the WordPressy bits and pieces, shall we? First off, a couple of bits of promotional stuff for me, if you don't mind. Uh, here's our website, wpbuilds.com. If you fancy seeing what we're up to each and every week, we produce multiple bits of content. Just go and stick your stick your email address in this form and we'll keep you updated. We've got a Black Friday deals page going on at the minute. And oh, look at that, Mark. Look, there's a... And it's a searchable, filterable list. These spots at the top are sponsored. So first of all, big thank you to WS Forms, Stella WP, Gravity Forms, and GoDaddy, who are the wider sponsor of the podcast as well. Thanks to them for sponsoring that page. But essentially, it's a searchable, filterable list of Black Friday deals. Um, people are just sort of emailing them into me all the time. If you're a plugin developer and you want to add your deal, this little button and uh, fill out the form. We'll stick it on the page. We get quite a lot of tra- visits there each and every year. Anyway, it's at wpbuilds.com forward slash black. And also, uh, trying to raise a bit of money for Big Orange Hearts, we've got this awards page. It's, it's at wpbuilds.com forward slash awards. It's just a bit of fun, really. If you donate 20 bucks or more to Big Orange Heart and then send me the link of your receipt or send me an image of your receipt, I will put you on the awards page and guarantee that you will win whatever category it is that you uh, want to be in. So, so far, the, uh, there's only we've only got six, six people signed up, but the, bed, the best podcaster who talks and owns a shed is Arthur Crap. <laughs> Go and ask Bob Don about that. Uh, best form plugin beginning with WS is, of course, WS form. Best CRM named after Groundhog Day is Groundhog CRM. <laughs> best Nathan Wrigley impersonator was Michelle Frichette last week. That was funny. And the most influential WordPress podcast, of course, WP Watercooler. I do thank you guys. We've raised a few hops there already for Big Orange Hearts. So a worthy cause. A worthy cause indeed, yeah. Okay, let's get stuck into it. WordPress 6.1. What I would describe as a pretty gigantic release, a boatload of goodness in here. Um, Do you know what, Jonathan? I could really rattle through this and spend 10 minutes of time just going through all the bits and pieces that I think are really good. But how about we just hand it over to you, considering that, you know, you were very, very much involved in this. Do you want to just sort of run through the bits and pieces that you're pleased with or proud yeah. of or enjoy? Um, unfortunately, I think we're in the same boat. Well, we'll just end up taking up the whole time. But That's um... fine. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, this, this release was really great because we were able to bring... Sometimes the releases are really feature heavy. We're adding a lot of new stuff. And sometimes there's not a lot of new features that are ready or don't make the cut in time. And we, you know, we spend a lot of time refining things and bug fixing and, and that type of stuff. Um, but this one was really, I feel, struck a really great balance in the middle where you know there's a lot of new features. There's a lot of bug fixes. Um, we're hearing a lot of great things about the performance improvements that are in this release. Um, you know, at Bluehost, we're seeing that across the board. There's a, a big performance benefit from this release. Um, and, you know, that's a major kudos to now there's a specific performance team. Um, yeah. And they have they have been doing a lot of great job laying the groundwork for uh, future things like better WebP support and core. Um, but also they're, they monitor... Uh, week to week as changes are made in WordPress, they're doing constant testing and making sure there are no performance regressions, um, which I think that we flagged at least four or five uh, really specific changes that 
introduce some regressions. And so they were able to step back and flag these things um, and then help the people that, you know, authored these, these features or these changes and worked on them and work to find how to improve that a little bit and, and, and limit that impact that it had. Um, so I think that th that's, that's one thing I'm proud of in this release is the performance increase and in, in making that a lot better. There's a ton going on and it's just, sometimes it's just really hard to, to tune all those moving parts at once while continuing to add things. Um, kind of looking at my list of things that I had flagged. Um, one of my little favorite things in this release is you can more easily add the featured image as the yeah. image used in a cover block. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that little things like this that we add over time are, are going to really further enhance that full site editing experience because that's such a common one where you have a big banner image at the top of your page. And uh, it wasn't exactly easy to do that um, until, until now. And th this is just a great way, like I said, to, to really hone in that, that editing experience. Um, there's as a developer, you know, I always appreciate new filters and hooks that are added. Um, there's a lot of filters added to the query loop block this release. So plugin developers, theme developers, they can have more control over what they're showing uh, in these query loops that, that people add their blocks. Um, and then another one that really enhances site editing, in my opinion, is the um, if you have a, a group block and you have nested blocks within that group, you can very easily lock all of those blocks within that group uh, in, in one spot. And so if you're creating these layout templates and, you know, you have, say, your magazine and you have a bunch of journalists go in and, and construct pages from templates, you can lock, say, you know, you know, the masthead and maybe it's great example the cover image is set to show the featured image and you lock that in the the header uh the, the title of that article in the byline and then they can't edit that and so that way it's consistent across the board and all they have to do is worry about writing their article and, and publishing their piece and getting it reviewed um so th these are just a few things from that list i'll let some other people chime in with what they really are excited about in this release but um just also consistency was, um, and performance increases and, and, and a great balance across the board with features and, and fixes. I was going to ask Jonathan a question. You, you seem to have, have an interesting position being on, in Bluehost and on the WordPress team. Is there an advantage there in that you're able to quickly get massive amounts of testing feedback? If 6.1 rolls out, it, you immediately have millions of sites with your employer who is able to give you feedback on what's going wrong or where things may need to be tweaked. Sure. Yeah. I mean, personally, that's one of my items in my checklist is, you know, after a release goes out, you let 10, 12 hours go by with the, the auto updates to go out. Um, and then as a normal checklist, um, the guide is to check the support forums, uh, you know, track, track, which is our ticket, uh, our bug tracking software. Uh, GitHub, you know, for the Gutenberg stuff and see if there's anything that's, you know, it doesn't seem right. Like we're getting a lot of reports about this. We're getting a lot of reports about that. Um, and, you know, our support team internally at Bluehost is aware of the releases coming out. And if they do start to get us a, a volume of calls around specific topics um, that stand out above normal, we always get, you, you know, the forums and support calls. You'll always get, hey, you know, this theme doesn't work anymore when I update or uh, I'm having trouble updating my PHP version, whatever it may be. But there, there will be things from time to time that stand out and then that will that will help us get um, 
feedback on what needs to go into the next release 6.1.1, which we're planning on happening before Thanksgiving in the U.S. So um, there was a lot of little things that didn't quite make the cut in time, mm. and we're hoping to get those in before the end of the year. Um, and you know, continuing the theme, several of them are going to be performance improvements um, and just f- refining the features that um, that that were included in 6.1. It's interesting you mentioning about things potentially not working out. For the first time, I think, ever, I got an email today from a theme developer saying that their theme is now, in certain areas, uh, broken. I won't go into it. If you're receiving emails from that theme developer, you'll get that email, I'm sure, very soon. But that, that for them is a, yeah, is a real moment in time, isn't it? And they've, they've you know, they've... Uh, added a support request it's on track now and hopefully very soon something will get released like you say before thanksgiving but it it was the first time i'd seen a developer kind of like oh i've really got to get out to my audience quickly and basically tell them to not update because this is gonna when when you say first time you mean in 6.1 specifically or in general yeah first time i've received an email from a theme developer direct into my inbox to say actually a, a, a core update has broken stuff for us so yeah it was interesting uh, yeah, unfortunately, there were Jonathan a couple. Sorry, sorry. Did they know you were having Jonathan on the podcast? No, no, no. It was a generic. It went out. To, it, it was the standard sort of template to the list. It was a, whoa, hold on. If you've got my theme and you've got production ready sites, just hold off. It arrived about an hour and a half ago. So clearly a few days have gone by, but um, yeah, it's been... Yeah, I I always recommend... uh, I'm aware of like two or three plugins that had to do kind of rapid releases. One was unrelated 6.1, but it was just happened to coincide with that that release time. Um, But yeah, if if you're a plugin or theme developer, I definitely recommend that you keep an eye on the Make WordPress blogs Mm -hmm. uh, because as we approach releases, especially when we get to the release candidate phase, there's a field guide that's published and... The field guide contains all of the developer notes that get published for that release. Um, And these are all things that you need to be aware of or things that are changing, new things that are added with detailed best practices to follow. Um, And if you keep an eye on these, even if you check in every couple weeks, um, that will really help you avoid those instances where, hey, you know, this is breaking and, and I need to update ahead of time so that when the update goes out, my customers don't have any issues. Um, and there's always those edge cases, which at scale, you you need that scale to kind of spot those issues. And uh, mm. people use one of the downfalls of WordPress is that uh, people use it in many different ways, even ways that they're not supposed to, or it's not intended to be used, right? But that's also the great part of WordPress. And so um, having that such a diverse user base and, and people using it in many different ways helps us find these really weird and intricate edge cases that um, you know we can fix and make make it even more of a solid software for everybody. Thank you for that. That was really, really interesting. I um I don't know if Mark wanted to get in there. It sounded like you did at some point. If you have any observations on six, yeah, I was I was interested in the WP query caching, um, you know, the database caching that they've introduced, which didn't get an awful lot of noise, but I thought it was quite a quite a powerful addition to six point one. And I just wondered, you know, with yourself, Jonathan, coming from from Bluehost, I know a lot of hosting companies have their own kind of caching mechanisms behind the scenes, which are often, you know, other plugins rebranded or hidden away as a, an MU plugin. But is is there anything you're aware of, um, you know, if, if with 6.1 introducing that, is there any kind of overlap with performance plugins that we need to be aware of um, that, that may cause issues or 
um, you know, are hosting providers disabling that caching in in WordPress in favor of their own caching? Um, I think it's less. I don't think they would be disabling their specific type of caching. Um, yeah. It when when we make these progressive improvements, we we always try to do it in a backwards compatible way, mm. and so whether that means taking advantage of a core API that's which in this case is the caching API mm-hmm. um, or um, you know, some other mechanism that's in WordPress already at the, at as much as we can. Um, and so it should just seamlessly work. Um, we did have one of the regressions we found in the testing was um, one of the changes related to caching changed the keys that were used. And so mm-hmm. what that means is that all the caches related to that object type or that, that type of data is invalidated on update. And so you could have some cache stampeding and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's better to make the keys continue to follow the same pattern, even if you change the underlying methodology of how that cache is determined or used. Um, And that way you can avoid issues like that. So we we ended up ripping that one out for the time being um, just to be safe. But that's mm-hmm. an example of, of, of that there. Um, most of the changes were in the cache API itself. So yeah. these were in the forms of functions that were doing their own thing to do something that's now possible elsewhere in core. Mm-hmm. Usually that means using WP query or something like that to get a list of certain type of pages. Yeah. Um, and so we really we really worked hard. And, and uh, Johnny Harris did a lot of work on that. There were a bunch of people on the performance team that helped with that as well. And um, yeah, just, just really getting that uh, the dry do not repeat yourself aspects of things in there. Um, there was yeah. just a lot of easy wins in that sense for this release. Cool. Yeah, I think I think it's a great update. The um, the performance team really do seem to have made an incredible impact in what is it like nine months or something? Probably twelve months getting on for now. So yeah, kudos yeah. for all of the hard helps, work. Helps me have a bunch of uh, Google friends that yeah, that's right. Have, yeah, have that's, long time yeah. contributors to the project that are yeah. interested in that. So yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, couple of questions around uh, just specifically for Jonathan, because I've got really no insight into how all this works. So if you're the, the sort of release lead, if you like, how, how long ago did you need to commit to this? Um, how long ago did you need to sort of go? I, I don't know how, what the relationship is at Bluehost or whether they approached you and said, look, we would love for you to step forward and do this. You obviously committed 100% of your time to the project anyway. But when when do you have to commit? How much time do you have to commit? Does it take over absolutely everything that you do? In other words, for the last four, five, three months, whatever, is this a hundred percent of your work schedule? Yeah. So I'm I'm never really told what to do to contribute by Bluehost. Um, it's really great. I get a lot of autonomy, and it's just really we're me and my other team members that are contributors. We're just trusted to go out and do uh, have have a positive impact out in the community, and that could be. I don't know, maybe one day I go take photos and submit it to the photo directory or whatever it is to help the community and and help WordPress is we're we're kind of trusted to do that. Um, You know, the day to day core stuff, that's kind of something that I'm into. So I I usually gravitate towards, you know, ticketing, uh, triage ticketing. Um, And I've I've been a part of a few WordPress releases in in the past as well. Um, But typically what happens is after a release goes out, there'll be a call for volunteers um, and really anybody can be on a release squad. Um, it does take a good amount of time. Um, for example, it, it depends on your role. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you're a, a triage lead, which makes basically means you're going to go through all the tickets and help make sure they move forward towards resolutions or they get kicked out of the release if they're not going to be ready. Um, you know, maybe you spend 
two hours a day doing that. Um, and so some of those roles you might be able to do with less time. Um, but the release coordinator role, I would, I would say probably about 80% of my week was, um, was, was helping to make sure things were not blocked. Um, make sure we were consistently communicating things that were going on as the release progressed, uh, making sure we were going to meet our goals of what we wanted to include and what was not going to be included. We were clear why and, and how to move that forward for the next release. Um, and then at the end, it obviously jacks up to about 100% of my time, you know, 120% <laughs> depending. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, it, there's always a crunch time rush, um, especially before beta and release candidate. But um, yeah, it's it's basically you can throw your name in the hat, uh, your hat in the ring. And um, based on qualifications and what you'd like to do, um, the project leadership will just kind of round everybody up say, Hey, would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? This is what we have a spot for. Or how about you shadow this release? We have a lot of people this release and the next release, you can do something of this nature. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're interested in that, I definitely recommend that even if you want to follow along or you want to shadow someone, take, take an eye out, uh, the make again, the make core blog, that's a great place to follow. And that, that would be going up there and you can throw your hat in the ring and try to become a part of the release team. Nice. So Jonathan, this is the first time we've talked. What, um, if you don't mind me asking, what skill set are you bringing to your role? Are you primarily a developer, a project manager, both of those? What, um, what's your background? Yeah, so I'm I'm a developer. I, um, you know, I learned development in college and stuff, and I kind of gravitated towards the PHP, you know, WordPress community, and and kind of stuck my teeth in there. Um, so I've been working with WordPress since about 2007. Um, and I've worked at agencies, I've worked at, uh, large universities, um, and all just like building WordPress plugins and products and infrastructure around that. Um, and you know, I got contributing, got started contributing at around 2012. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of really liked the idea of making the software better for whoever might stumble across it and want to use it for whatever their, their needs are. Um, whether it's, yeah, go ahead. So you knew exactly what you were getting into. You've been doing this for 10 years. You, you had a very clear idea of exactly what being taking this role would would involve. Yeah, I, I heavily contributed uh, probably starting 2017. I would help run developer chats. I would help, you know, contribute to tickets very regularly. Um, when I was at Boston University, uh, I would work with tickets we would discover, issues we would discover in our day-to-day. -day, I would work to fix them in core itself. And so I was very familiar with the with the day-to-day -day and the um, you know how the how the community worked, how the community functions, how things got done. And I uh, I, I specifically signed up for this job as a full-time contributor job, and I was I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity. That's so would nice. you do it again? <laughs> yes, I, I would. Uh, some, <laughs> you know, you probably think I'm crazy. Some people, but <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I imagine certainly over the last few weeks, particularly leading up to the the deadline, I imagine that uh, there, there is a certain level of stress that's involved, and in, you know, staying up and burning burning the candle at both ends a little bit. But uh, I, I'd yeah. love to call out something that Michelle just said: is that you you don't have to be a developer. You know, I'm I'm speaking specifically from my background as a um as a as a developer i have a developed background but as a release coordinator i'm serving more as a um almost like a project manager more like a community manager i'm kind of managing this group of people that are trying to work towards a common goal um 
but even if you're um, a, a designer, you could help design a default theme. Uh, you can uh, documentation. If you enjoy technical writing, you can help with the documentation for the release. There's so many ways that you can get involved. Um, so if you're not a developer, I mean, I'm speaking from that background, but that's not a specific background you have to have to be able to get involved with WordPress or or the release squad. Yeah, thank you. And a good point, Michelle, I think. Uh, there's <laughs> loads of different things that you can do to push the project forward. Just so that you know, if um, if you are at wpbuild.com forward slash live and you refresh the page, the comments should now be active. So that's helpful. Um, but okay, so a couple of things on that release. I think it might be good to just go through a few high level items. I probably looked at about six or seven articles about WordPress 6.1. And what was curious is that every single one of them had a different selection of best bits. So I just picked two, um, and I'll go through some of the bits that, that these particular authors have highlighted as being really great. So we're over at WP Tavern. Of course, that means Sarah Gooding at the moment. She emphasizes, you can see with the pictures, the the new arrangements for things, well, the, the new UI, if you like, for doing things like borders and border radius and margin and padding and so on. Um, Jonathan, I think, yeah, mentioned earlier about the ability to have the... The, the inner inner block locking, so you can kind of click a box, check a check mark if you like, and lock everything child, sorry, parent right through to children. So that's a really nice addition as well. Um, there's a whole kind of like different arrangement of doing the menus, but there's no images there. But this is probably the thing which has got me most interested in this release, and this is just this really unusual default theme that we've now got. Unusual in the sense that it's essentially the old thing that we had, 2022, but with full site editing, it's now been, how to describe it? I'm going to use the word skinned. Let's go for skinned. Uh, if you install WordPress 6.1, you'll get the 2023 theme and along for the ride come 10 different, oh, style variations. There we go. And so they're using exactly the same content, but you can go through all 10 of them. And, and whilst they broadly look the same, there's real large difference in the way that they present. So, you know, they might have different uh, fonts or different font sizes or different margins and padding and spacing. And so it's really nice just to flick through and see how the content can be done differently. There was a website, I can't remember what it was called, and you could, you could. this is going back like 15 years, you could go, it was something like CSS Zen Garden or something. Do you remember that? Does that ring any bells? And you could go yep. there and you could flick through, you could click buttons and essentially it would show you how the website would be modified by just altering the CSS. And it kind of has that sort mm. of feel to it. You can really modify things just by clicking buttons. So that's really nice. Um, there is an awful lot about this fluid typography, which is to like as well. This is the idea that rather than just kind of assign certain breakpoints and then the font size changes, there's a little video here, which I may as well play it actually, because it really does show it beautifully. You can see right there uh, as the video starts when it's collapsed, heading up towards a kind of like tablet um, ratio, then the typography just reduces fluidly. It doesn't suddenly break at different points. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger pixel by pixel, if you like, until it hits a certain point, then it goes no further on mobile. So that's all been added in. There's the ability now to 
and I'll, I will make use of this every single week, multiple times. Uh, so nested items in things like list and quote blocks are now individual kind of like first relations now. So rather than having a list item that you can't move up and down like you can a paragraph, you can now move those items around and you can style them differently and so on and so forth. So that was that was Sarah Gooding's take on it. And then just very quickly, we had the Yoast take on it as well. Um, they talk about global styling being an important thing. I think everybody probably understands who's watching this show what that means, but it's the ability to basically set things in one place and forget about them. And if you need to tweak something, you can just go to this one source of authority and change them there. Uh, they talk about this 2023 theme as well and the margins and the padding and the spacing. Uh, they also talked about, as Jonathan said, the ability now with just a, a click of a button, if you've got a cover block, you can use the featured image as the background for the cover block, which is really helpful. Fluid typography comes in as well. Oh, and a whole bunch of new options with templates. So you can now set templates for posts, post types and individual posts, pages, uh, individual pages, as well as a whole load of uh, archives, things like categories. You can do a single category or the whole, you know, all categories and so on and so forth. Um, and then that's what I was mentioning. So, yeah, that I think is the stuff that, that I would take away from there. Uh, basically, in other words, it's a giant release. Um, and Jonathan, bravo uh, for getting it through. Deserve, <laughs> I only deserve a small portion of the, of the credit there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There were like two others, a few other small things that I, I thought of while you went through there is um, one of the great things about this release was that 2023 is marked uh, accessibility ready, which means it meets the, res the accessibility requirements of the um, of the theme directory. Um, so that's great, obviously, for anybody that may have some type of disability that needs to get started with the site. The default theme that comes with WordPress, they could actually get started with. Um, and the great part about that is 2023 is a pared down version of 2022, I believe. Yeah. And so um, 2022 also has it. And then we've also been able to add it to 2021. Um, so this is a great example of uh, my next point where we're building. We've we've kind of had these 100, 200 separate things that have been getting worked on that all work together. But now we're standardizing all of this. And so these themes are taking advantage of that foundation in, in the block editor. And we're able to build off of that and bring more consistency with the padding and the margin to all those small parts, um, as well as the accessibility aspects and, and all these great features and improvements that everybody's been working on. We can now more easily bring it everywhere in the theme and, and on the site through through these changes. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like a, a release where loads and loads and loads of little changes. We, we literally could have done an hour and a half going through just all of the the bits and pieces, but there were some of the high-level items. So it's massive. It's really big. And feels to me as if – I don't mean this to come out the way it might come out, so forgive me if this comes out um, in a negative way because that's not my intention. It feels as if we are now approaching a point where really non-technical people can begin to customize things effectively and not really have to go through boatloads of documentation and end up in support forums for how do I do this? I think a lot of it from here on in is is available to basically anybody who's got a mouse and, um, you know, the ability to sort of sit there and try things out. So great. I, I think that's a great thing. I don't think that's negative at all because, I mean, as technical people and building products. I mean, that's really our goal, right? Is to make our product easy enough that anybody can use. Um, and so while 
it might put certain parts of our jobs out of use or out of need. Um, there's new areas that come up that we can, you know, uh, focus on and, and get our products to spend places to spend our time. There's new places to spend our time for things that, you know, we might've found boring or not really that, that exciting. I, I think back to like making lots of custom meta, uh, meta boxes and to control how things look. Right. And now we can just have a style.json file and we can focus on other things and, and, and bringing more to uh, our customers or whatever our backgrounds might be, whatever we yeah. work on. Yeah, thank you. Quick comment from Peter. Thanks, Peter. He says, it's important to remind folks that many of the design improvements are theme dependent. Yeah, good point. Uh, especially if you're not using a block theme, which I think is it's probably fair to say is 99% of the people at the moment. Uh, this includes the margin padding, etc. So yes, that is a really good point. You uh, To make the best use of this, you would need to be using a, a block-based theme. So obviously, 2023 is... One of them. Block All right. templates. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I told yeah. you I could go on forever. Yeah, yeah. But um, there are some <laughs> block templates now that can be used in classic themes, classic style themes as well. Yes. Um, so we've been able to bring blocks to these classic themes through the editor. But more and more, we're kind of finding these one-off things that we're able to bring to classic theme users so that they can uh, you know, ease that transition almost to a block-based theme in the future. How does that look in the UI then? So if you've got a classic theme, do you have a new menu item or something? Uh, um, I think it's because the classic themes will still use the block editor. So I think it's the same interface. Um, that's honestly one of the one of the features I didn't get a lot of time to play around with. So yeah, I don't want to speak yeah. for sure. Um, I just wondered I where you'd find the them same. in the UI. Yeah, because now you'd, it's just sort of all hijacked, isn't it? The whole the, well, site editor is 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 the menu item. And obviously mm -hmm. that's not there if you've got a classic theme. So anyway, maybe somebody, maybe Peter, if you've played with that, you can, uh, you can <laughs> yeah, look for that. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's, uh, let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about some other bits and pieces. So um, I did a... Did a podcast episode this week uh, with Matt Cromwell, who is the um, he is one of the founders. I'm going to say one of the co-founders because I think it was with Devin Walker as well. I'm not 100 on that, but I think that's true. Of Give WP, uh, did a podcast episode with him all about the fact that uh, uh, several weeks ago um, there were some statistics removed from the WordPress. Uh, repo in terms of uh, the statistics about whether your plugin had gone up or down in install numbers. That was all removed. I still quite haven't in my own mind got to the bottom of why all that was removed. It, first of all, it sounded like security and then it sounded like they, they just weren't fit for purpose or they were, I don't know, maybe the uh, API endpoints were getting plundered. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, they've gone. And so that led Alex Denning to write an episode, uh, sorry, write a blog post basically saying, look, can we just all say now that the, the WordPress repository for an upsell plugin, if, if you've got a paid for plugin, his contention is don't bother using the repo. Just put all of your efforts into the commercial plugin, have it wherever you have it. And the time and effort that you would spend on .org supporting it and all of that kind of stuff, put, put it into the, the paid for version and, and do it that way. Uh, Matt Cromwell, within a day or so, had written his own blog post kind of countering all of that and saying, look, it really works for us over at Give. We convert a lot of free users over to the paid tier. Um, and whilst there are 
you know, bits of it that are not so great and like the removal of the statistics and so on and so forth. It's still a great channel for us. We like having a free version. That's a, a lovely thing to be able to offer. It might not be the full Monty, but it's still entirely usable. Um, and also they were saying that their conversion rates are, are pretty good. You know, they convert into well, well into double digits or like more into the 20 and 25 percent kind of area. So it's a really good marketing channel for them. Uh, and so because I know that we've got two plugin developers on the show today, I thought this would be an interesting piece to talk about. Both of you, I, I think I'm right in saying, I've got a free version on the repo. Um, mm. And so, yeah, let's just have that conversation. What, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? You know, Mark, WS Form, Steve has got Publish Press. Do you see this as like, do you wake up every morning and sort of think, oh, is it a bit of a grind, the WordPress repo? Is it a good channel? What do you think? Sometimes, well, <clears throat> sometimes it can be a bit of a grind. You know, it's it's um, as a as a recent WordPress plugin. I mean, we've been in the repo probably three, four years now. Um, it is it is a challenge to get any kind of exposure there initially because you're naturally going to be at the bottom of the list because you've got no review, you've got um, you know very few installs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I had a, a I actually had a call last week with Matt Mullenweg and Josepha from WordPress and um, discussed it briefly. And, and Matt made a good point that you know it's not necessarily total installs that can get you a, a good ranking. There's a lot more in the algorithm that that goes into to, into the ranking there. And um, and and that's evident with us. You know, we've managed to bring our, our, our ranking up. We have people below us that maybe have 100,000, 200,000 installs, but we're still above them because we've got some great reviews. We keep on top of the support requests and everything else. Um, you know, that being said, it, it, it is it is a struggle. Um, and it's, it's basically, for us, it's, it's you know, we're the new kids on the block. Uh, and one of the things I said to, to Matt was, <clears throat> he, he asked me, he said, you know, what can I do for you? Um, and I said, one of the things I would love to see in, in the repo is, or, or you know, on WordPress.org, is um, giving these smaller plugins, these newer plugins, a voice. Um, you know, the, we, we tend to hear about all the big boys all the time, understandably, but there are some fantastic other plugins out there that do some really, really great things and, and also do things in new and innovative ways. Uh, and I'd love to be, I'd love to see um, a bit more. You know, ability for the, for those people to to be heard, um, maybe through the WordPress org and com blogs, perhaps. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the active installs thing. You know, going back to that point, that was for, for us was a little bit difficult because now we obviously, you know, when we push a release, we can't see increases or decreases. Although I'm told that there are going to be, uh, you know, they are working on some new metrics for that, which I think will be fantastic. Um, I used to love sites like Active Installs that would, you know, show me that I'm going in the right direction. You know, <laughs> I'm not not going south, which is good. Um, so those sites are effectively not working right now because of that. But hopefully they'll they'll come back online when those new metrics are available. Um, and I guess I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that. Um, and I believe there was a, a down on your list. Uh, yeah, we we can just push site. into that. Yeah, we'll push into that one very quickly before we go to uh, to what Steve thinks. This is uh, an, a new site, a new place that you can visit, which is hoping to bridge the gap. I don't know if this project's going to be attempting to stay around for forever, but uh, again, it's in the tavern. It's Sarah Gooding. There's a, a new 
service that you can go and uh, look at. It's called WP Rankings, um, and it was put together because of this uh, removal of these statistics. They they built this tool, and I'm not entirely sure where it's gathering the data from. I read this piece very, very briefly just because I knew that it would kind of fit in with what we were talking about. But you can see um, it does show certain types of data. It shows things moving up, things going down. You can categorize and, you know, you can search and filter and so on and so forth. So I don't know if this is a destination for the likes of you, Mark, and you, Steve, in the future, but it's called WP Rankings, and you can find the article um, in the tavern uh, yeah. on that website. So maybe there's an alternative place to go. But I guess the, the, the issue may be it's yet another place to go, and it would be nice to, I guess, have these updated statistics all in the one yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one thing we've mentioned in the past is, you know, maybe if this, if you know, I don't know, if one of the concerns was that the data was public, um, even just as a, a contributor to one of those repos to be able to see those stats would be, would be awesome. Um, I'm not quite sure how WP rankings work. I had a quick look at it. It seems to rank them by maybe total installs or something. Um, it's obviously mining data that it can mine right now and then keeping that data historical, but it's, it's quite cool. It's, it's nice to be able to see. Um, I think you know it, it gives you a ranking of overall across the, the tens of thousands of plugins that are there where you're currently ranked, and it'll give you a graph showing if you're growing or declining so it gives you another kind of indicator in terms of you know what your active install count is um, one of the but, one of the things that matt mentioned matt that is to say matt cromwell on the podcast yeah. not matt mullenweg that you obviously have a chat with um is he said that exactly like you that depending on how there's a whole bunch of metrics and obviously your historical uh install count is one of the metrics and it likely is quite a big one so you know companies like yoast who have got five million plus they're they're gonna they're gonna do well on the the search for seo because they're yoast and they've got five million installs but it was exactly like you said the metrics you can and matt said he'd actually looked at the the algorithm which makes up that search in Mm wordpress.org's repository and it's a blunt instrument you know it's not google it's not kind of looking for synonyms and things like that and trying to work out what were you really trying to look for there no it's just whatever you look for is it's going to give you that information back but things yeah. like the 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 speed at which you get through your support tickets is one of the metrics. Your meta yes. descriptions is one of the metrics. So you know yeah. if you are a good custodian of your plugin and you do update the st- support tickets, that is a metric which is firing in. The other point that he made was that it's just a jolly good place to to actually get Google rankings because if you've got a fresh new plugin. The WordPress.org repo page is very likely to get picked up with Google and send Google-based traffic Mm. to your plugin, probably before the repo starts to do its work. But again, Matt made the point that you made, Mark, which was it would be nice to have uh, like a a rising stars thing, you know, a bit of the UI somewhere in the plugin repository where things which had got talked about, I don't even know what that means, but, you know, something which had had a... Last week it was on three installs. This week it's on thirty. Well, that's like a thousand percent growth or something. You know, it's just yeah. that's good for that's them. Let's, some traction. Let's, yeah, let's make that obvious and those kind of things. So it might be yeah. rising stars. It might be uh, stuff that's been featured in the news. I don't know. Yeah, and that was you know one of the things I mentioned was who who do they pick? You know, who who do, who would they who would they call out? So yeah, maybe maybe plugins that are starting to get some traction somewhere either in the WordPress media or. Um, 
you know, through install counts that are jumping through the roof or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting. I was also looking at Matt's, you know, like Glenn, that plugin that he does. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he gives some really good advice on that about how to improve your plugin and, and, and improve your rank. And there are things that you can do um, over and above getting those installs to get yourself a little bit more exposure. Um, things like, you know, just what tags you're choosing. Right. Um, you know, and things like that. So, um, yeah, okay, so I, it, I, going back to the very original question about is it, is it worthwhile being in the plugin directory? I that was my next question. Yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, I absolutely think it is. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I think it, it. I think it also depends on the model that you've got. So some of these plugins, you will install the free plugin and buy premium things right. around that. Right. In which case, your free install count is is going to just naturally grow. Ours, for example, we have a completely separate pro plugin. Um, and you, you uninstall the free. You version. uninstall, so I, right? That's different. Well, yeah. Yeah. So I, I lose a free install every time somebody purchases um, our product, effectively. Uh, but the reason we do that is that we didn't really want to have two plugins necessarily need to be installed because there's a lot of overlap there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just you know I, it depends on on who ha, ha, what your model is. Um, but uh, we we for sure get conversions through the, the the free directory, and it's something that we'll continue to to do. And and I like having a light version available for people in the community that uh, just need a you know a basic contact us form. Like yeah. In our case. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice way to give back to the community. Yeah, that's nice. And I know that Steve does things for free because I use one of them. Um, I usually I, don't, I forget Steve what it's called. The the unpublish. Um, plugin that you create which takes a, a published prop plugin and then you you feed a date into it and then at that particular point it returns it to being a draft or what have you i use make use of that pretty much all the time and uh so anyway the wider point about the repository what's what's your thoughts it's absolutely valuable to be on there um i guess everyone hates everyone who's involved in one of these directory businesses probably has a love-hate relationship with the one they're on if you're an amazon seller you have, have a love-hate relationship with the Amazon rankings, Shopify, um, WordPress, you both love and hate it at the same time. Um, I, we get... It, the original question was debating between Matt and Alex, and they're both right, of course, um, that the best strategy is to have a good content strategy plus a good repo strategy. Um, we write a lot of content. We work really hard on our repo rankings. And the two actually link together because a lot of the best tutorials and documentation improvements we write come from the people who stumble across the plugin on the repo, run into a problem, find a bug, have a question. And our entire content strategy is basically built around people's questions. Um, we're not we're not banging out articles the top ten forms plugins that start with WS or uh, the top <laughs> why not, the, the, why not? What, the, what's the matter with you that's the perfect article the, and we're, we're not doing like the top ten Bluehost contributors to WordPress or anything none of that kind of uh, blog spam the top ten uh, WordPress podcasts um, <laughs> like, th there's a lot of people that have that content strategy right. Uh, our content strategy is very focused on people's questions and the best source of new questions, of new new feature ideas, just 
just people who have things you hadn't thought about before. Um, those people are often coming from the repo. Um, so, but yeah, Alex is right and Matt is right. Um, I think they're both, and they both know it too. I think they're both trying to get a little attention for, <laughs> for their own <laughs> services. Um, Certainly worked. <laughs> yeah. It, when it comes to the advanced installs, uh, the, the, um, uh, to the, when it comes to the data that was removed, I always find found it useful because every time we screwed up somehow, it would appear on those rankings that I would look at one of our plugins and we've got about doo -doo -doo, probably about 15 on the repo now. Anytime I would look at the weekly um, increases for one of our plugins and it had suddenly turned negative, I could guarantee 100% that I'd messed something up, that we'd added a bug in a new release and I would spend the next two, three hours trying to figure out what it was because every time that um, active install chart went south, we'd messed up. That's um, fascinating. It's yeah, like so a, I miss it for that reason. It's like a support request, but with, with nobody at the other end actually telling you, just like, click, rage, click on install. <laughs> yes. You're incredibly it, thankful when somebody actually sends you a support ticket and says, this is not working, because yeah. that's worth worth its weight in gold, because there's a lot yeah. of people that will just go deactivate. Yeah, get rid. Get rid. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's great to get that feedback from people. There's, yeah. there's also yeah, a lot of people that will just go right to Twitter and be like, oh, this piece of crap doesn't work, you know? That's right. Yeah. And, and so to have that, those people with that mindset of, hey, let me help them fix this is is a really great thing to have. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, yeah. It, even the angry people on Twitter are useful. Yes. <laughs> Not as productive sometimes, but no, useful. That's yes. a bit of a time suck, but... Like, I was some of the most some of the angriest people we've ever come across in support have also been some of the most useful. Uh, um, interesting. That's not to say this is not a, a green light to get angry with us, but uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not encouraging that. The um, so I think the verdict certainly from the two panelists here who've got the plugins in the repo is that it's a very valuable strategy and they're going to continue using it. So anyway, go and check that podcast out. It was on WP Tavern. Uh, it was episode number 49 of the Jukebox podcast, so you can check that out. Uh, one thing I'll say, you said that Matt uh, was converting from GiveWP at like 25%? He, I can't remember the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it was 27. If, if I was converting at 27%, I would not be on this podcast. I would be on the beach. Yeah, <laughs> with my feet up. What are you doing? <laughs> that's right. And also, I, also he um like he's getting something I'm, I'm right. I'm pretty sure that's the number. So if anybody is actually listening to this and has heard the podcast and can remember the number, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying. But also, he's um I think their their install base is 100,000 plus. So it, it's a big it's a big footprint that they've created. He would be in the category of you know elite plugin mm. i suppose if there was such a thing but yeah that may, anyway that may well be down to their model as well mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. you can still give wp and then if you yep. want to yep. do certain types of payments and stuff like that then yep. you'll buy a small add-on for it so yes um they've Good done point. it the right way for sure <laughs> yeah 
yeah, I think they did quite a lot of due diligence to make that work. And of course, whoever this Facebook user is has remained anonymous. Ew, look, Mark Westgard hanging out with Mark. <laughs> just, yeah, he just it was just, a quick call. Just, just drop that little bomb in and uh, <laughs> just just kind of all casual, like yeah, I was having a chat with, with Matt and Giuseppe. Yeah, well, how nice that they uh, they want to bend your ear about that kind of stuff. Or maybe it was the other way around. You want to bend their ear. Let's uh, let's move on. So I couple of things that I wanted to mention on behalf of other people. This first one, I'm, I'm afraid to say you can't actually see this uh, unless you already own the plugin. But I, I do just want to give um, Ovidiu, who is the developer of WP Codebox. Have, have any of you ever come across WP Codebox? It's a cracking plugin that he's made, and it essentially allows you to, let's say, take PHP snippets or CSS snippets, and you kind of kind of put them in with conditional logic in into various different parts of your website. So it's just a really nice UI inside of WordPress to do all that kind of stuff. So he's been helping people to create snippets rather than install a plugin. You know, if you just want to do a simple little thing and there's a snippet out there somewhere, why not deploy the snippet? And the intention is that people will become more reliant on snippets and less reliant on plugins. Uh, I was talking to him the other day and he said to me, yeah, I'm kind of doing the whole thing in reverse. I've, uh, I've decided to... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this. I've decided that I'm going to create an AI which will make snippets by typing in sentences. And I thought, blooming heck, all right, let's see if you can do it. And, and here's an example of it. So the intention here is, first of all, you have to have a WP Codebox account to make this work. But the only reason for that is because it's in like super alpha stage. So he doesn't want to get people out there creating all these snippets, putting them into their websites, and then obviously discovering the AI broke. And now my website is just a white screen of death. The, um, but check it out. You, you go to create a code snippet. Come on, somebody give me, give me something reasonable that we could ask this AI to generate, something within the bounds of like normal that might be possible. And we'll see if it pushes anything out in our direction. Mark, Steve... How how about someone in a subscriber role who joined in the last week? Uh, so show subscribers from the last week. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Let's go with that. Let's see. Let's see if it can do that. I don't know. I have absolutely no way if this is going to work or not. So there, there we are. It's created a bit of code. Uh, you guys are going to be far more able to tell me whether or not this is legit or not. So it says subscribers array, subscribers start, end date, obviously minus one week. Is that what we uh, said? Did we say in the last week? It gets uh, negative points for using gravity forms there instead of WS yeah. form. <laughs> <It's hopes. laughs> <laughs> okay, I suppose it, that's fine. Yeah, the little filter there. Um, but it's it's had. I guess it had to jump one way or the other. Maybe in the future. But look, look what it did. <laughs> you just had to write in English. The example think, you did earlier, Nathan, was was really impressive. The, uh, um, let me go for that one then. Let me just yeah. refresh that again. That one seems to have pulled. The wrong piece of code, but the one yeah, I think earlier. yeah. So let's be very, very clear. He's just wanting people to sort of check this out at the minute. So I yeah, said, yeah. It's, it's still, I said, show clever. posts, and I just made it up. Didn't I? What did I say? Show posts. Uh, uh, post from using, um, the category. Uh, could have been using the, the GitHub Copilot. Oh, mm, let's do the category. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Westguard, because obviously all <laughs> websites have a category Westguard from the category Westguard. Uh, my skip first or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll put skip, skip the first, and I'm going to use one st first. Yeah. 
post. Let's see what that does. We're, we're hoping that this is going to work because something similar worked a little while ago. So it's trying to generate something. It's having a bit of a thing. Oh, there it is. Right, let's go back. So what's it showing? Show yeah, the post. So there you go. Rename Westguard. The offset is minus one. Sorry, is one. Post per page. Okay. Uh, and then it's done the query, da, 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 the post, the title. So it's showing, uh, you know, a limited yeah. range of different things. But what? what? That's essentially correct. I, I, the robot oh! doesn't scale, though. That's yeah, yeah. Gonna, it's going to break <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but my point is, if you want to learn this kind of stuff, that is a really, really nice little tool to, to do this. And he is very, very clear. This is the first run at it. So he's trying to build mm. out the AI in the background. Now, where this is really impressive, I think, as well, is if you have a piece of code, and I haven't got anything to hand, so I won't bother, but the idea is that it does it in reverse as well. You paste in a bit of code that you're confused by, and the intention is that it would show you uh, in just in plain English text what the code is trying to do. And he did actually send me a screenshot of something. And it was, you know, there was quite, a, I don't know, a dozen lines of code. And then it just explained it in English sentences, complete with punctuation and full stops and commas. And, all. and I just thought, how, how amazing is this? Um, so this is called WP Cody. Uh, dot com. Uh, my understanding is that you can't log in unless you've got a WP code box account. So if you have one of those, go and play and give our video some uh, necessary feedback, which would be amazing. Somebody says create a pop-up. <laughs> no, I refuse to create a pop-up. I'm not doing it. Uh, but just go and check it out. Uh, yeah. I just think it's pretty remarkable. You can see some other things here. Modify WordPress code snippet. Um, and explain an error in a code snippet as well. That would be is, quite useful, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good I think good this needs to be taken with a pinch of salt like any other oh, AI yeah. system. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's yeah. you know, like the um, people that produce Bertha.ai, they always say to use it as a, a tool that's to accompany right. what you're doing. Don't use yeah. it to well, literally what, spit stuff out. What their product is trying to do is they're trying to make it so that you've got like a cloud of all your snippets. So you install mm. his plugin and then you take that plugin to the different websites that you're using and you then just suck the snippets out of the cloud and put them where you want them with whatever logic you want to apply mm. there. And his intention is to get a list of bona fide working snippets into not just your, the, your own individual cloud, but his cloud, his plugins cloud. The idea being that you could say, um, oh, I don't know, I, I have a need for a particular kind of snippet. Is it in that uh, repository that, yeah, I'll download it, have a look at it, check if it's suitable. And then this would bolt alongside of that if this does put out some decent stuff. But um, brilliant. One thing that would be really cool is this, but uh, for creating style JSON files, so you could say a theme that's like red-based with green highlights and it would maybe use some design trends, analyze right. design trends or something and spit out a style.json file that has your theme. Yes. It'd be kind of cool to experiment with. Yeah. He he's definitely, I think, somebody to watch because he's I think his uh his approach to all of this is is very cool. So interesting. Very clever. Yeah, very clever. And obviously yeah. he's building out the AI. He knows it's imperfect. He just wanted people to just have a little go and see if it uh, threw up any errors, and I just thought it was well worth looking at. Mm. Okay, but, right. I, I, I couldn't be sorry. Somebody was. About I, to I stumbled it. across the guy's Facebook group a while ago, and I thought it was just a regular plugin. Um, I think maybe someone said there was a published press question in there, and they said, mm. "Hey, Steve, join this Facebook group," and I joined and uh, answered, and I've been a member since then. And it's amazing how busy and interactive 
It is just for a plugin with some some little uh, code snippets. So it essentially is how I saw it. The guy has really built a an interactive sharing community around his plugin, which I think was a free version until very recently. Yeah, he had. Yeah, a, he I had agree. A, yeah, it was on. A, it was on a really. I think it was a lifetime pricing, and it was a very small amount of money. I, f I forget. But there, I, maybe you guys don't see this because you know you're developers and you're full time on all of that. I kind of see this little undercurrent of community members who really want to get into this whole snippet thing. They mm. they want to dabble in the code, but they don't want to make it their full time thing. You know, they're designers by definition. They they enjoy using, I don't know, their page builder to speed up that process and so on. Maybe they're going to start getting into things like full site editing, but they do realize that it's probably a bit heavyweight to install. I don't know, a great big plugin to do one tiny little thing. You know, you check one box and you've got twelve things which are unchecked. Why not just sort of find something that scratches that itch and go and figure out how WordPress does things? And by looking at the the query that it generates or the the little function that it's added in, you start to get an idea. Oh, okay, that's called that, and that's how that works. Okay, and I I just think there's this little tinkerer community which he seems to be fostering really well, which is really nice. You, you kind of gave me another interesting idea. Is um, there's a there's a site called the Developer Hub on WordPress, mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And every time there's a release, there's a documentation parser that's run. And every function, every action hook, all the inline documentation associated with that code is displayed on that website. Um, and at the bottom, there are comment forms where you could add uh, callouts to specific ways that that works or add specific uh, examples. And so I wonder if generating that using that software to right. uh to to generate examples contextual examples based on the documentation the inline documentation and then it, you know someone maybe like approves or disapproves them and it <clears throat> refines itself and, and using that to add examples for people to learn when they look up certain functions or certain action hooks yeah because i'm imagining for his own product at least anyway he is going to want some kind of moderation which presumably will feed into the ai you know this worked tick mm. okay that's helpful this didn't okay crossed that wasn't something that was a blind alley or what have you yeah yeah that's really interesting it's just like a just like a little subset of wordpress users which is just yeah fascinating anyway let's push on that's wp cody um this is totally changing the subject and in a really interesting way i think actually this is an article which is written on wordpress.org it's um han hanopcan um and this is hannah um i've met hannah at i think it was wordpress london i met her or no it was wordpress manchester as well i think i met her uh, she's started up a thread here which came out on the 1st of november and it's called now we have a sustainability channel in making wordpress slack what should we do um, and this may have crossed your um, crossed your path, or it may not have done. In the WordPress making Slack, there is now this sustainability channel. It seems to have got 100 people in it, which I think is a pretty cracking start. So we all know kind of what sustainability means, I guess, to some extent. But I think Hannah's really just asking the question, well, what does that mean in terms of WordPress? You know, how do we as WordPress users, customers, developers, and what have you, how do we make WordPress a more sustainable thing? And then she drew my attention to a particular comment. Now, I hope I can find it. 
yeah, here we go. Um, da, 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 da. She says, I'm going to post a comment I've seen from somebody else called Maratori in a Slack post. She's talking about the idea of listing sustainable WordPress themes and indicating it might be something she might be interested to contribute in. So we were talking a minute ago about raising the profile of plugins based upon certain new criteria that haven't been imagined yet. What if we did the same for themes? If in the theme repository, we were able to say, you know, this comes in at a, only a certain amount of, um, well, let's say kilobytes. That might be a useful mm. metric. I don't really know. But obviously, with WordPress powering a gigantic proportion of the web, WordPress, silly thing to say, but WordPress is responsible for quite a lot of pollutants, I would have thought, going into the environment. You know, fossil fuels are being burned to power the machines, which are powering the servers, powering the computer that I'm using each and every day and so on and so forth. And if people are browsing your websites and it's got less impact, then that could only be a good thing. So really, I'm just sort of opening a discussion amongst the, th the four of us. Have you got any thoughts on this? Does this even matter to you? Does this concern you in the slightest? It obviously does Hannah. And I think, I think she's making a strong point. We did a, a whole series of podcasts last year with Hannah and others about environmental issues in WordPress. And I gave up in the end because it was really, really hard to find anyone that cared um, or at least openly cared about it. And I'm glad that Hannah has finally found a place to connect those people together because when we started getting interested in talking with people about environmental issues, I found Hannah and interviewed her, and then, like, is there anyone else who has any interest in this? And she's like, well, um, I think there's a guy, Danny, who does the MailChimp for WordPress plugin. Um, and there's actually some information about Danny's plugin in the comments thread that you shared, you shared there, Nathan. Um, and she said, well, there's Danny, but I think he's on vacation for like three months. And then there's... And yeah. it was a... It was really hard to find anyone that was interested in this topic, so I'm glad it's finally bubbling up. Um, I think from we ended up doing six or seven podcasts, and the two actionable items that came up time and time again were plugin developers or core developers trying to make their their code as lightweight as possible, and also hosting companies trying to move to to green hosting. Yeah. To uh, w w one of the videos we have is with um, uh, a automatic employee who had was it started... Jack Lennox by any chance? No, it was no, okay. uh, Yanir, an, an Israeli guy working for Automatic, and he was helping Automatic move entirely towards hosting powered by uh, by green energy. Um, so that was really the key takeaway: was if you're on the hosting side, you can really make an impact. And if you're a developer or a plugin or theme developer, you can make an impact by making your code as lightweight as possible. Here's here's my thought on your your initial comment, Steve, and, and it's this, right? Every time I get in my car and I turn the ignition, I'm to okay, I might be aware, but I, I'm not particularly aware, but I, I am keenly aware of the pollution my car is putting out, right? I can I can see it. If I went round the back and somebody said, just put your mouth there and breathe for five minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no every time because I know I can totally draw a line between my car, environmental damage. This thing, I, I don't connect it. I just see it as 
it's it's fun. Well, you're really I, two or three degrees removed, right? You have right. to plug it in the wall, yeah, which goes plug in, there, it in which the wall, goes to electricity. It yep. stays there overnight, and I unplug it from the wall. And that is such a clean experience. You know, it's it's like hermetically sealed. There's no weirdness. There's no dust or mess or goo or pollutants. It's just plug in. Here it is. And it's the same with my setup here. It's all just not polluting. Of course it is but we yeah. don't make the connection. So that I imagine, Steve, is, is I'm going to guess that that's the reason. We, we are so insulated from the effects of it. The only effect that I see is my electricity bill. It, so if your phone was billowing out black, dirty smoke every yeah, time it, it'd it ran... Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> putting a box, more... wouldn't it? It'd be switched <laughs> off at every opportunity. You'd turn it on for the tiniest amount of time, use it probably, you know, like over here, you know, just... Or get a big pipe and put it out. But I know it's a stupid thing to say, but there is a connection, right? You know, we, the, the, this thing is consuming stuff which presumably at some point has either got burned or maybe increasingly, uh, you know, is consuming some sort of renewable mm. energy. I don't really know. But I think I that's the difficult bit. You, you're kind um, of right in that it, it's minuscule as well. The, you picking up your phone and looking at the news is a very minuscule, tiny uh, Im- impact on anything, but once we start, I mean, we're a WordPress podcast. Things happen at scale. Once um, I-, I think in the in the comments thread that you posted there, they have some numbers on what happened to Danny's plugin uh, when he took out lots of the extra CSS and JavaScript, uh-huh. much more lightweight, and then it's installed on two million sites, which load, and this particular plugin loads every single time those two million sites load suddenly the work that someone like Jonathan does on the performance team, for example, um, that scales to half the web uh, real quick. So I'm going to just quote from something that maybe gives some sort of context. Wow, the numbers just are mind-boggling. Thanks so much for this crucial impulse. As WordPress is used on so many websites, the impact of it is uh, to make it cleaner would be huge. I think many of you know the story. By the way, this is a chap called Michael Volt or Voit, V-O-I-T. And this, I think, is the MailChimp plugin. Uh, They made a reduction of 20 kilobytes in the plugin. And because of the install base, we estimate that there's a saving of 700 tons I'm going to say that again, 700 tons of carbon. Now, what? Wow. Is that, is, there, is that true for a start? And if it is true, I think Hannah's onto something that we all need to be onto, frankly. Yeah. Wow. I think one of the issues is going to be how do you, how do you police that? You know, how, if, if you're going mm. to give somebody a badge to say, yes, that's an eco-friendly plugin or theme, um, who determines that? Um, you know, we're, we're you know constantly what would be trying to... Is, yeah, if, is it, and I have, forgive me because of my ignorance, I, I don't know if this could even be pulled off, but you know, in the same way that in, on, like I have a Nest thermostat and it sort of congratulates mm. me with icons if I'm doing well compared to the UK as a whole. You know, I get like mm. these leaves and the leaves accumulate and, and every time a leaf pops in there, I know it's nothing, but I feel actually, do you know what? Compared to some other people, I'm, I'm making more of an effort. Something in the dashboard of WordPress, which give you a visual impact, you know, compared to the top 
million other WordPress websites, you're you're doing really well. And this plugin in particular, we've noticed a drop. And do you know what I mean? Some sort of system inside of WordPress to give users, end users like me, some kind of indication that things I have think, improved. I think yeah. it's really difficult. Yeah. It's I'm trying to think of how to collect my thoughts I, here, but it's it's really difficult at this level to mm -hmm. assess impact, right? You could have a two kilobyte theme that's like eco-friendly, right? But then you have users that run it on a site in yeah. a data center that they shovel coal right. into the front, right? Right. Right. Um, right. Or you could, and, and so I think that what we really need to think about are um, what are the the software principles that we can use that can lead to better, less carbon, right? Um, mm -hmm. Only running code when you need to, uh, having thin, you know, shipping thin, uh, thin, thin zip files, right? If something's old and isn't really used, and WordPress is guilty of this, but something's old and deprecated, uh, are you able to remove that from your plugin? Plugins and themes will probably be much easier for them to remove that than WordPress itself. Um, one thing that WordPress does is we only ship the last three default themes in a new install of WordPress, right? We're not shipping 2010 through 2023. Um, so that's one thing that scales eventually. Uh, but at, at that base level of, of I have a plugin, I have a theme, and it's eco-friendly, it's really difficult to yeah. really say that with any definition because um, it's, it's just such a wide picture like it's, yeah. it's really the 10 foot view of yeah. the 30,000 foot view is what you kind really of going need. back to my car analogy you could buy a really clean petrol car and use it all day every day uh and thrash mm. it you know and whereas somebody else might buy the exact same car and it stays in a garage for uh, 900 days. Or it's out like of buying a, a fuse, right? A fuse right, for the fuse right. box in the car that <laughs> yeah. runs on either a diesel or like right. a 10 mile per gallon car. It's it's just really difficult at that level of the scale to to kind of definitively say that you're eco friendly. I guess and not to I, say that these things are bad, but that's kind of why I lean towards like let's let's establish some eco friendly principles that if you follow these principles and. Again, that's really difficult to say without someone reviewing all this stuff all the time and a lot of man hours, uh, people hours there. It's it's just if we all as a community uh, pledge to be better about these about following these principles, then I think that we would notice a difference over time in, in yeah. general. Okay, so it, really what this piece was about, we, we kind of got stuck into the weeds of it a little bit, but really the, the promotion here is that there is now a sustain, I can't say the word, there is a sustainability channel. It's 100 strong at the moment. Maybe it's gone up a little bit by now, but um, I will link to this piece in the show notes. And if this is something that you are interested in, then you can go and make your voice heard. And really, I suppose what they're trying to do is just thrash out the conversation that we've just had and get some solid ideas for things that could be done because it is clear that at, at the scale that WordPress is at, it, it definitely is having uh, a material impact, you know, and it would be nice if, if so, a bit like the, 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 what was the, the team that we were mentioning earlier, the, oh goodness, the speed, I won't say speed team, but it's not team? with the, the what, sorry. Performance team? Yeah, of course. Thank team, you. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. They, the performance team, you know, it didn't exist a little while ago and they got together and came up with some ideas and had a big impact. Maybe the same could be true here. You know, we've got the sustainability yeah. team and see what they can do. I okay. You can learn a lot from other projects too. Sorry. Let's go. Let's go, Jonathan and then Steve. 
I was going to say we could probably learn from some other tech projects like I know Bitcoin, one of their the blockchain is is incredible. If you are infuriated by oh. you know hosting at, at scale with 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 problems with the environment, don't look at that. But um, <laughs> that's they more urgently need to solve that problem on that technology. And so I think that by looking at how other projects and how other technologies solve certain problems, we can really extract a lot of that that work into into our results so maybe the team that's something for them to do is to analyze how others solve problems and what applies to us as an ecosystem and pull those things in the um this is an about a year ago we talked about that exact thing the whole bitcoin thing it was one of the bits that we just sort of threw in at the end of the show and at that time i i would imagine i don't know but i'm kind of guessing maybe bitcoin mining has gone down a little bit because i think ethereum especially has gone to a different proof of work uh now um but at the time a year ago, Bitcoin miners used more of the world's energy than, wait for it, Argentina. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it was anyway, a ridiculous so, concept, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, just a, a ridiculous statistic. Uh, Aaron or Aaron, uh, thanks for joining us. Hundred uh, percent agree. He's agreeing with you, um, Jonathan, about that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, low hanging fruit. I, I can't affect the Bitcoin community uh, so much, but maybe the WordPress community I can. So let's maybe see if we can get stuck into that. Right, change of. T oh, sorry, Steve, you were going to say something. I apologize. Oh, I think my comment was that these teams bubble up over time. The accessibility team realized there was a problem and set about tackling it. Uh, the performance team, um, and now Hannah with her sustainability team. And I do suspect there's an awful lot of overlap with the performance team. Yeah. The, mm. They have yeah. maybe 50, 60% of their concerns in common that um, I think maybe Hannah would tell you that um, a lot of what makes a sustainable project is what make is just very good, solid, normal web design, web coding practices. Mm, uh, yeah. yeah. It's much like accessibility. If you make a site accessible, you're making a site easier to use for everybody. If you improve the performance on your product, you're going to make your product more sustainable. Um, you know, so I think... Yeah, it'd be nice to see on WordPress.org, maybe uh, in conjunction with the performance stuff, stuff around sustainability and how you can improve on sustainability by following certain practices, like Nathan said, very simply, you know, don't enqueue your style sheets or don't enqueue things for your plugin unless your plugin is being used presently on the page that you're on, things mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah. Okay, so we need to definitely over the next few years, we need to hardwire our heads into. I'm using my phone. I'm I'm in some way damaging the environment. And, uh, I'm just going to have this smoke oh, impression. Right. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, but <laughs> it's, and, uh, it's this Google and Apple. And I'm not pointing a finger because we're talking about WordPress. But it yeah. it does strike me that Google and Apple they really could change my opinion about the phone. Of course, they're not going to because it's not in their interest to to have you, you know, be told your phone has consumed so many units of carbon over the last twenty four hours or what have you. But something like that, little little add on that you could add to your phone might be something that that might turn my direction. I think sometimes I just need to be slapped in the face to be to be sort of like shocked into the reality of it. Like that statistic about Bitcoin mining in Argentina that was so raw that it, it mm. was like well. Yeah, if, if I be have like any cigarettes, yeah, I'll have right. on the picture right. on the back of your yeah. phone. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I that's where they're going. 
in that Slack channel as well. They're 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 going down that route. But some of the early conversations in that sustainability Slack channel are talking about what is the actual number of websites that are running on WordPress, and they, you know they're trying to determine that now that we've lost you know some of the, the stats around that. But um, we boast that we power forty five percent of the internet or whatever the current figure is. But uh, you know on the flip side that means we've got a lot of responsibility there. Yeah. Uh, I've got a suggestion. Mark, you just, you know, get on the blower to your good mates, Matt. And, uh, <laughs> so I wish it was like that. Okay. Right. Matt uh, and Josephia are they're all happy they got a call with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I was lucky enough to speak with Mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> couple of bits just uh just that I said I'd mentioned to a couple of people. The first one is uh, Visual Composer, along with Vito Peleg. They're doing a, a webinar. I believe it's happening on the 10th of November. Yes, it is. It's called Growing Your Agency Through Better Client Collaboration. The idea is uh, they're going to tackle these three things, streamlining your content delivery process to save time, increasing the quality of feedback through visual collaboration, and learn how to keep your referral flywheel rolling. Vito, of course, has been on the show lots and lots of times, and he is the guy who founded Atarim, so he knows a thing or two. The other thing that I said I'd mention is uh, Todd Jones. He's put a survey together. He does this every year, and it's all about what web care consultants um, are doing with their clients, what the kind of things that you're uh, doing in terms of charging your clients, what kind of work are you carrying out for them? And he just wants a little bit of data, really. Obviously, in this case, it's for Main WP here, who he does work for to give them some sort of guidance. And I will link to both of those things in the show notes, which will come out as an email tomorrow or on the website. A uh, bit of news that you probably knew about, but I thought I'd mention it anyway. PHP 7.4 is at the end of life. It's, it's not like it'll stop working or anything. You know, it'll continue to work after the end of November. Uh, but it, that'd be hysterical if that's how it worked. It just, just suddenly stopped working. Gives up. Uh, yeah, that's right. All these websites go. Um, it's no longer going to be maintained or updated. So, you know, if there is some sort of horrific... Um, zero day that somebody somewhere knows about and isn't because apparently that's what they do they wait for the end of life and then start to exploit them what we're basically trying to say is go to your hosting provider and just double check that you're on something beginning with an eight uh, yeah. is probably the way to go uh, apparently 60 percent uh, of all websites written in php are still using a php 7 branch which strikes me as quite a lot. This is coming from iThemes. I don't know where they're. Yeah, I think that's high, but I think to the new major version is always a, a lot, and eight mm -hmm. seemed to be a little bit more than usual. Um, eight point two actually comes out, I believe, at the end of the month, and you can run WordPress six point one on that. Oh, um, okay. But it depends on. A lot of the changes in PHP 8.x depend on plugins and themes also adopting and having compatibility. So WordPress's core might be uh, WordPress core's code might be compatible, but the extension of that needs to also be compatible. And so that's what's taking a little bit of time for plugins and themes mm -hmm. to catch up um, and have a little bit more confidence. Uh, we call it beta compatibility right now because we're still assessing how to best fully be compatible with some of these changes in, in WordPress itself. Slightly tangential, going back to the last piece, do PHP upgrades, so 8.1, 8.2, do they typically 
mean that less resources are used? Because obviously new features and things come in. I just wonder what the... Um... Usually. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And especially like seven to eight, um, there's usually a, at least a magnitude of, of performance improvement. Uh, Aaron says many methods change from warnings to fatals in 8.x. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's up to if the plugin developers and things yeah. to to update um, and, and get these things yeah. compatible. I mean, it's been what two years since they came out. Mm. Um, there's and, and usually, I don't know if you if you run your plugin through hosting running on eight point x, you, you can identify these things pretty easily. Um, just you know, enable debug on on WordPress and, and do your testing and work out where those issues are. But oh, it's obviously there's tools out there to help you out with that as well. But like uh, Jonathan said, most of this is it's more on the plugin side, uh, and that's where I've I've seen issues. There's been enabling eight, and then there's just no no end of, of warnings shooting up on my screen. A lot of people don't see those warnings because they don't have debug enabled on WordPress. Mm. But they're happening behind the scenes and running up your your logs behind the scenes with yeah. umpteen different warnings. So. Yeah. I don't think the problem is so much that sixty percent of sites are on PHP seven. But probably that the other forty are still on PHP five. Oh Lord! <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many people are still stuck there. Yeah, just I've seen there. the statistics, and there's more. I think it's sub five percent are on PHP five point six, but more are on five point six than seven point zero and seven point one combined. Oh, I believe. Wow. So <laughs> it's people are updating the seven point two at least, but there's oh. still we still have that long trail of of stragglers that we need to get upgraded. Well, we have site health in the admin, which most people, I think, just immediately <laughs> disable and make it a screen options. <laughs> make that go. Um, but it, it might tell you things like we're, that. We're getting to the point where it's mostly just self-managed boxes. That's right. Yeah. Just a, like, yeah. Something. We get to that point where there's just not uh, nothing we can do eventually unless we get to those people that yeah. and make them informed. Yeah. Okay, just very quickly, because I know we're running out of time and I don't want to keep you. Um, the first one is to mention that WP All Import, they, um, I can't remember who reached out to me, but somebody reached out to me via I think Twitter it was, uh, to say that they've changed their pricing model. They haven't yet. They're currently on a lifetime uh, deal and they will be for the next period. They don't exactly say how long it is, but if this was a plugin that had ever crossed your radar, and you wish to be involved in it, then now might be a good time to consider buying it. If you if you want to go that route, if you want to go for the, uh, you know, the subscription model, which will obviously make them more revenue, then wait a while. Um, maybe by the new year you'll be paying in that way. But if you want to, if you want to go and leap before it ch flips over to that, so be it. Uh, speaking of unnecessary use of the Earth's resources, well, <laughs> what can I say? Uh, so this this is a, probably a great example of not to have a lean website, but it also speaks beautifully to the fact that it's shiny. I want shiny. This is just <laughs> lovely. I'll put the link in the show notes. This is CSS to the max. So this, I mean, you've got to see this. I can't explain it, but basically, if you've ever seen Pokemon cards, they've got this kind of like thin layer of, I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like this reflective layer. And as you twist them in the sun, you've seen these things before, I'm sure. As you twist them in the sun, all these beautiful, I think they colorful, call them holographics, but I'm, I'm not speaking from experience or anything. Yeah, no, I'll go with that. Um, <laughs> the holographic, dis, you know, the, the card seems to have holograms in it. And so somebody, whoever has set this website up, it looks like sun 
Simon.me, Simon Golner, has decided that he wanted to implement this on in CSS and man alive has he done a beautiful job. I mean, look at Oh, I don't want to like it as much as I do. <laughs> it's so nice. Look at that. It's lovely. Those of you that are listening to the audio, I do apologize. Go and check the show. Look at that one. He's got like these little sort of starry things going on in the background. It's just a beautiful implementation. It's, it's, and, uh, it's, it's relatively lean code behind the scenes as well. Uh, have you? This is the <laughs> one that I like. This one. Look at that. Isn't that clever? Sublimely cool. And just done with a bit of CSS and various other sort of, you know, easy to understand technology. So really nice job. And speaking of the environment, last one, nothing to do with WordPress. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> what we need, like right, what we need is is circular buildings 800 feet off the ground. That's what we need. This is uh, something stupid from Dubai. This is an architect's desire to have a circular ring about 600 meters off the ground uh, surrounding the world's tallest building because, you know, there is that no looks limit. like it would use the power of Argentina. <laughs> That's right. Imagine that. I wanted to say more about that, but I can't because we've run out of time. So we'll just wrap it up there. Um Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. I hope that uh, hope that Jonathan and Steve particularly uh, weren't too put off by it because they've not been here before. Hopefully you'll come back and join us another day. Mark, I know, will be, so I don't need to be quite so nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> but Jonathan, really appreciate it. Steve, really appreciate it. And, of course, Mark, really appreciate it as well. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. you to anybody who thanks. posted comments. That was really helpful. It kept the conversation going. Now, Jonathan and Steve, I do apologize in advance, but we do this bit at the end of every show where we raise our hands like this and we wave them all in unison. So, look, Mark's got the idea. So Jazz if you hands. wouldn't mind raising your hands, and then that's all it takes. And then I use that for the little album art. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week. Cheers. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Thanks, Nathan. Bye. Thank you.